1: Spend the next hour exploring where we came from and where we're headed with a leading researcher and practitioner in the field. Now, here is Dr. Schuldenrein.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the program. This is Joe Schuldenrein, and this is our third episode of a Renewed Run for our series, Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology. In our initial series, we received significant listener input concerning the relevance of archaeology to contemporary situations, and in this present series of programs, I'm trying to balance the archaeological focus with topics of classical intrigue, if you will, and aspects that are directly relevant to the world around us. Archaeology teaches us about the past in ways that are widely applied to the future, And this involves not only the scientific approaches that are brought to bear on interpretations of ancient culture, but also the significance of culture itself and the need to understand cultural transitions. Nowhere is the question of cultural transition as stark as it is in the study of conflict and war. We are, of course, witnesses not only to cultural displacements, but to the tragedies that often occur in its wake. In North America, The clearest example of the painful passage of culture is the decimation of indigenous Native American cultures and their displacements by the Euro-American succession. In other parts of the world where war is ongoing, cultural transitions are implicated as the source of conflict. Afghanistan is tragically one of the most striking examples of this situation in the 21st century. The relevance of heritage to such conflict was starkly evident in March 2001 when the Taliban government declared that the magnificent Buddhas of Bamiyan were idols and ordered that they be dynamited. This event, among obviously many others, resulted in the present wave of violence and conflict that continues in Afghanistan to this day. My guests today, and I'm very, very pleased and honored to to introduce them are among the few international experts on the heritage and cultural patrimony of afghanistan they have worked tirelessly to preserve it and to promote international awareness of afghanistan's heritage and the need to mount efforts for its preservation the honorable omar sultan is an internationally recognized expert on afghan culture and heritage mister omar sultan served as deputy minister of information and culture to the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan from 2005 to 2011. He holds Bachelor's and Master of Arts degrees in Art and Archaeology from Aristotelian University in Thessaloniki Greece. Most recently, Mr. Sultan has served as perhaps the most prominent spokesman and advocate for preservation of Afghanistan's cultural heritage. Mr. Sultan is a native of Kabul and participated in several important excavations in Afghanistan in the 1970s. He currently lives in North Carolina and is a founding member of Americans for Permanent Peace in Afghanistan. My second guest, Dr. Laura Tedesco, serves as Cultural Heritage Program Manager for the U.S. State Department for Afghanistan and was most recently posted in Kabul for 16 months where she oversaw and guided U.S. efforts for maintenance of Afghan cultural heritage sites and monuments. Dr. Tedesco holds a PhD in anthropology from New York University, where her area of of study included the Near East and Central Asia. Before joining the State Department, Dr. Tedesco worked for the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. She has conducted field research in the republics of Georgia and Armenia, Syria, and other nations in Central and South Asia. D- Mr. Sultan and Dr. Tedesco, I'm honored and pleased to welcome you both to the program. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, let's begin, if I would, Mr. Sultan, with with the Buddhas of Bamiyan. How how did this impact the situation politically in Afghanistan at the time, and what what do you see as being its main ramifications?
3: Well, I think uh, on the blowing the booty of Buddha by Taliban. Uh, at that time, it was uh, actually, uh, I believe it was, uh, it has devastated all the Afghans and the world. My uh, believe with the, uh, UNESCO and that working group of uh, uh, Bamiyan, we have done a tremendous job to come overcome the, all the, this is, those issues. Uh, there are experts from UNESCO, uh, that uh, ICOM and ICOMOS, uh, that they are working for the last ten years. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I was uh, just in December. I was chaired one of those meetings in Tokyo, Japan, and we had a symposium in uh, Tokyo as well as in uh, Kyoto. Uh, but uh, in order to, uh, there some work has been done, uh, uh, so we are trying to uh, find out and do analysis that if there is any huge pieces has been left on this two Buddha, uh, and the recommendation is also was given to UNESCO that uh, if it is possible partially or if we can go and build it back, if we can find all those pieces, large pieces, which is a te- technique that a Greek word that anastolosis, so that we can go and put it back and install it. Uh, but that's undergoing uh, analysis and studies. Uh, we, we are waiting from UNESCO to give us, uh, those uh, two study that which one of those Buddhas are going to be uh, uh, partially or completely will be st- uh, restored. Uh, then it is up to the Afghan people and the future generation to do what they want. And then, of course, uh, we are recommending if it's going to be partially, it will be stored, That will be a good idea. But in order to do, again, to rebuild completely from scratch, a new Buddha, I don't think so that that will, will uh, do anything any good. Uh, for that reason, I'm still believing that the way it is, that structure-wise, one of the Buddhas has been completely finished, uh, the caves and everything else. Uh, so that itself also shows a dark uh, history of dark period of history of Afghanistan that will be listened to the next generation, that they should not, they should keep and safeguard their culture heritage. Uh, So that's what we are doing right now.
2: So so tell me... uh When that happened, this happened uh, obviously in in 2001, what was the situation with the Buddhas at at that time before they were blown up, were they well preserved, was was there any protection offered to them, what was the environment and the climate like at that particular point in time, what was the attitude of the people at that point in time uh, with respect to the heritage and the Buddhas themselves?
3: You see, if you go through the history, uh, um, or even way, way back, uh, there was some, there was occupations, there was, Changi's Khan was there, but they have done some damages, but they haven't blown the Buddhas, and that is actually, the Afghans uh, believe that, that whatever culture it is, whatever culture heritage, that culture heritage has to be saved. And regardless if it's Islam or Buddhism or Greek or whatever, uh, we need to save it. Uh, we need to, uh, and Afghan people, as you know, they are very, very uh, proud of their culture heritage. So, uh, and of course, it has been done that time that there was uh, no government, I guess, uh, Taliban came over there at that period. Uh, I don't know the situation. It was preserved, good or not, but... I don't think so. And they was not under protection and they did whatever they want and they wanted to do so they just blowed it up.
2: And but you would say that the large majority of the Afghan population was upset by this. I mean it was just basically the French Taliban that that was involved in all of this for, for their particular reasons were you in Afghanistan at the time?
3: No, I was not in
2: Afghanistan at the time. No. And and when did you come back to Afghanistan?
3: I went back to Afghanistan in 2002. I was invited by the government of Afghanistan, and I went back there first as a a senior advisor to the minister of culture, and then in 2005 up to now as a deputy minister of culture of Afghanistan.
2: And tell us about the environment at the time. I mean, this, the war was already, uh, there, were, there was a lot of activity going on. What did you find, what, did, what was your impression of Afghanistan after all those years that you had been obviously living here in the States? What, 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 was, what was the impact of that to you when you came back and adopted this very, very major position?
3: Uh, <clears throat> As I told you that the Afghans are proud of their culture and when we went there back and then we tried to, of course, the first thing that the government of Afghanistan has, uh, suggested to the UNESCO that, and then to do that, uh, Mbamyon, uh, itself, it should be under the, I mean, the nomination of the culture, world culture heritage. And, and that was, of course, was accepted. And um, the Japanese, and then all the world, I guess, has helped. And they put attention to restore some of the. Of course, when they blowed up the structures of that uh, Buddha, was been very dangerous. So they started working on those issues and the moral painting and all of those things. But the Afghan was always, uh, I guess, was supporting that. that uh, that should be saved and then should be reconstructed.
2: And, that's and you, were, you were brought there for that reason. I mean, you were brought there because you had this expertise and, and you were familiar obviously very much with the culture and with preservation and how, how, did, how did the government of Afghanistan and, uh, and the, the international community uh, approach you and how did they deal with you when you adopted it, when you took this position?
3: Uh, of course, you see. Before that, in 1978, before the first Russian coup d'etat, until that time, I was the deputy director general of Institute of Archaeology and Preservation of Ancient Monument. I had experience there, so of course they, in 2000, the end of 2011, they invited me to go as an advisor. So I expected that. So I just wanted to go back because I felt obligated to go back to afghanistan and do something for the culture of afghanistan because i was educated by their by afghan people and their tax uh, taxes uh, so i was always wanted to go and help
2: yeah. So your background, your background was obviously cultivated in the 1970s. What was archaeology like in Afghanistan when you were going through and, and getting your degrees and, and doing your work in, in the 1970s and, and maybe before that? What was it like?
3: Yeah, Afghanistan at that time, there was uh, we had an institute of uh, archaeology and preservation of ancient monuments. There was a lot of uh, missions were working in Afghanistan, uh, as you know, the DAFA is the most uh, old uh, archaeological institute. Uh, DAFA is the, the French archaeology in Afghanistan. And then there was also Dr. Uh, Dupre, Louis Dupre, was working there at Mundigak, uh, and as well as uh, some other American fellows are working over there. Indians, or had a mention that they were restoring that uh uh, statues of Buddha, uh, so the Germans as well, and uh, that was a institute, of course. In the and then after that, of course, um, during the civil war and those type of things, in the occupation of the uh, Russians in Afghanistan, of course there was an institute, but it was
2: really, really
3: limited at that
2: time. So, so the infrastructure was, were, were the French the most prominent presence in Afghanistan in terms of doing the archaeology, or were there other major international uh, Yeah, I groups? told you that
3: the French was there, but, and then the Americans were there, uh, as well the Germans, the Indians. Uh, so there were uh, some activity was going on there in Afghanistan before. Uh, you know, and
2: this, this continued into the 1970s and into the 80s as well. The French were there for how exactly. long? Exactly. The
3: French was actually continuing it until the, the, the Taliban was coming there, uh, but and um, in, uh, in the Indians was, I think, they have uh, was uh, restoring um, until the, the time of that. Uh, I believe that a, a
2: civil war. And U.S. presence was was not prominent at that particular point in time. Is that correct?
3: Uh, it was permanent. I guess I told you that uh, Professor Doctor Louis Dupre and as well uh, Nancy Dupre, was even in the civil war. They were uh, based in Peshawar and they were doing activity. Uh, they 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 were helping the Afghans uh, uh, to to. Uh, um, Overcome the issues of the museum and the Institute of Archaeology. They were always had contact, and of course, before the Soviet
2: Union, of course, they were working over there. And so there was a, a spirit of cooperation at this point in time, but obviously yes. with, there was stops and starts with the Russian war, and that in obviously affected India. affected everything, right? Yes. yes. And at that time you weren't there, right? You weren't, you weren't I wasn't there. there. I was had uh, contact
3: with uh, Professor Louis Dupree and uh, Nancy Dupree. Uh, I was in touch with them, and I was in touch with uh, some other Afghan
2: archaeologists uh, who, who were in permanently in Afghanistan. Yeah. And uh, and and you were here in the states for a long period of time, correct?
3: Yeah, I came in nineteen seventy nine, uh, and. Uh,
2: came to the United States. Okay, and uh, the American involvement in archaeology at this point, uh, Laura, if you could pick up a little bit on that when you got there, what did you? What what struck you as, as being the, the most critical issues in archaeology when you got there and, and what kind of an environment was that?
4: When I arrived in Kabul in July of 2010, um, it, I spent the first several months um, having many meetings with Omar Sultan and, and, and some others in Kabul trying to hear from them what what they viewed as the most pressing needs for the protection of, of Afghanistan's cultural heritage at that time. So it was really, uh, I was depending on, on experts who had much longer experience in Afghanistan to help me understand what they viewed as, as the most critical needs. And my role was really to help direct support from the United States government, uh, from the embassy in Kabul specifically, um, towards those projects that, that the Afghan government felt were the most important and relevant for the time.
2: And and you just sort of picked up at that point. You had to sort of get a feel for what was going on and yes. how the infrastructure was. And I can't imagine it was it was, it was very, very sort of, uh, solid at that particular point in time correct
4: well correct um i mean there was great w- um will and motivation to do much work some of the work simply couldn't be done because of security uh restraint um are you there
2: yes yes i just uh we're gonna have to take a break right now we're gonna pick up on this theme of uh, U.S. involvement, international cooperation in, in, in the con- in the course of the conflict, as it's, it's been going on after we, we take these uh, short words for a break, and okay. we'll be back shortly.
5: Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's all about action. Touchdown! Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. Broke it loose. He's at the 30. And
1: headlines. Big trade in the NFL this
3: afternoon. When you are
5: looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball. Off the glass. Football. Come on. Move. Golf. Racing. Or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Listening to Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. To be a part of our discussion today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to joseph.schuldenrein at gra Now, back to the program.
2: Hi, we're back. This is Joe Holden Ryan back with the next segment of our program. We are talking about archaeology and conflict with a specific focus on Afghanistan and we we're talking to the honorable Mr. Omar Sultan, who is a former Deputy Minister of of Culture in uh, in Afghanistan and Dr. Laura Tedesco who was a representative of the State Department and the chief of the Cultural Heritage Program in that country. And, Larry we were talking to you about the the situation archaeologically when you got there about 16 months ago, and why don't you expand a little bit on what you saw and how you saw the archaeological situation working itself out in Afghanistan and how, how you got involved in it on a, on a grassroots level. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Well, the,
2: well, there's
4: a lot to say about that, I I, I was pleasantly surprised um, at the condition of a number of monuments that I visited. I think I had expected um, more more degradation uh, than I saw in many cases. But what it really came down to was how to direct efforts of support to archaeological sites and monuments that the Afghans um, viewed as the most important and pressing sites. so that, as I said, came through many conversations with uh, Minister Sultan, uh, Deputy Minister Sultan, and, and others who had been working in Afghanistan for longer than, than I. Um, and the, the needs, though, are, are vast there for protecting um, the country's monuments and sites. There are thousands and thousands of them, and the, the history is so rich. Um, and so diverse and i think that's that's a fact about afghanistan that not many people uh know about or think about uh with all the other news that we hear about um that country so um the the difficulty in doing some of the work that was needed though was simply getting out to the site there are, you know some security concerns in particular regions of afghanistan and that made um doing work practical work on the ground uh very difficult so we had to be judicious about um and and realistic about which sites um, we could we could really engage in some preservation work and protection um, uh but that all of that happened in coordination with uh with Deputy Minister Sultan and and the Afghan government
2: so let me ask you uh Deputy Minister Sultan, a little bit about how the the archaeological infrastructure works over there. I mean, the French were doing projects, the Afghans were doing projects, probably under a different roof. Uh, is, was there a, was a the Department of Antiquities or the Ministry of Cultures was it overseeing all the work that was done in the country and supervising it? Uh, how does that structure work?
3: Yeah, uh, it is the deputy. I mean, the the Ministry of Information and Culture, so that overlook all these excavations under the I mean, uh, Department of uh, Archaeology and at the Deport I mean, at the Ministry of Information and Culture. So all these uh, missions who works like French or whoever else is going to work, they have to work under the supervision of the Ministry of Culture or Institute of Archaeology. So that's what we have a, a law of preservation of antiquities or uh, antiquities and preservation of ancient monuments. Animation, it says, that has to work under the supervision of Ministry of Information and Culture and with the Institute of our Department of Archaeology of Afghanistan, which is belongs, to, I mean, it's, it's at the Ministry of Information and Culture. And I want to make a correction. You said former, but I am still the deputy minister over there. Ah, okay. (laughs) All right. I didn't
2: know that. I thought thought you had left, but
3: I'm sorry. Yeah, I I just came for a vacation. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. Now,
2: in terms of those projects themselves, uh, are they funded from overseas, from international missions? Is some of the funding coming from Afghanistan itself? Um, How does that work?
3: Uh, the funding basically comes from the uh, uh, whoever is going to be involved at the excavation. We do have some funds as well that we use. That like the French, they're going to go and use their own funds. Uh, if uh, and the Germans is doing the same thing, the Americans are basically they are helping uh, uh, through some other agencies to go and help. But let me tell you, thing. The 2010, when I went, uh, when I saw Laura, Dr. Tedesco, and as well uh, David answer who is uh, right now the director general of, I mean, the director of uh, Voice of America. And the, my life and my and the culture issues in Afghanistan has been changed uh, because uh, talking with them uh, and and and. Uh, discussion with the culture heritage. Uh, they understood me, and then I really understood them, and I got a lot of help. And I will. I think that is going to be for me a very good memory when I saw Doctor Tedesco, and as well uh, um, uh, David Answer. so that they are very very helpful on those issues.
2: Uh, th- in that regard, Dr. Tedesco, Laurie, um, how, how do you interface with, uh, with uh, Mr. Sultan and how does the embassy get involved in these various projects? Is it, is it more of a monitoring type of situation or are there actually excavations under the supervision of, of the U.S. With, in cooperation with the Afghan government? How, how, uh, how, how does the embassy's particular role express itself? in the present situation.
4: The embassy expresses its role in, in a couple of ways. Um, One, the, the, the primary way that it does is, is through, as I mentioned, um, talking with deputy minister Sultan about what projects are important to his ministry and how can the U S assist with those. Um, Another way is, uh, is over the course of, of, Several months, and as I, I was getting more familiar with Afghanistan and the various sites there, I and with conversations with other experts uh, in Afghanistan, may also come up with some ideas that I would then propose to the ministry to see if they if they matched um, some objectives of, of of the Afghan ministry. So it was kind of a, a really a dialogue that happened, and. Um, and the embassy itself had uh ideas of of w- ways it might like to direct some support for cultural heritage so all of these had to kind of be married together um, to make sure that it was it was fundamentally meeting the needs of of what the Afghan ministry wanted but also what the US was able to do uh so it's a, it was a kind of complicated arrangement, but it seemed to all work out because there were great efforts made um, through U.S. support to to protect and, and and directed support to as many sites as possible.
2: Well, we know we know that obviously the Buddhist sites are sort of the star players, if, if for lack of a better word, in in uh, in the archaeological landscape of uh, of Afghanistan are their efforts being directed towards earlier periods i mean we're talking about uh, sites that obviously have been there since since uh, the stone age the paleolithic period neolithic period and further uh leading up obviously to the buddhist uh period of the, uh, and, and historic period sites is there any particular focus on uh, particular periods and how does that work are, are they is the uh, primary focus on preserving the larger monuments could we uh, could we get a little bit of an explanation on how the uh, the focus of, of uh, work is being directed Is it more towards preservation or discovery? how's that working
4: Omar would would you like Omar to answer that question yeah
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Okay, overall, you see,
3: right now uh, we have uh, a site in Mr. Ainak, uh, in Logar Provinces, which is where the copper mines are uh, being uh, contracted with the uh, Chinese. Uh, our all attention is over there to safeguard that and finish those excavations before the Chinese is going to go and start uh, m- 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 mining the site. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> we have got over there, uh, I have about 25 archaeologists from our department uh, and we have got some funds from the World Bank uh, that we have hired some uh, international archaeologists as well over there uh, that they are doing excavations. Uh, they are working together. And I believe uh, I will uh, believe it that, that we will finish. All those sites before uh, they will start the mining, and and Mr. Inac and Logan problems.
2: When is that supposed to happen? When is the mining operation supposed to start?
3: There, uh, they have some priorities that we have to. We have time until the 2000 uh, end of 2012. We have already excavated about nine uh, sites, so that we. Uh, with the uh, international community uh, just like uh, the Americans has built a, a, a warehouse or a kind of uh, a laboratory that we have to move all those things from there and then there's an, um, we got a uh, land uh, about seven kilometers away from Miss Logar and Mamadawa district that we want to go and build the museum over there so that we hopefully might... Uh, vision, or my thinking, is that, that we can have a duplication of what is in the uh, Messiaenac, so that should be a site museum there to the show it to the world and to the Afghan people. That, that, But this was how it looked like in Messiaenac. And of course there is also some uh, French uh, uh, excavation in the north, and uh, mazar sharif in Balkh province. Mm-hmm. In Balch. Provinces uh, going on, so uh, there are some excavation over there. Uh, basically, right now we will try to save uh, our most danger monuments in Afghanistan. And that's been, uh, of course, whenever has been uh, in Bamyan, there is some excavation is going on uh, by Japanese by. Uh, French, Afghan, French, and uh, Doctor Uh So we are doing that. At this point, to me, uh, we have to safeguard. We have. We cannot finish and go and finish all the sites, like it's Buddhism or the Cochons or the, the, the Greek sites, uh, greek bacterian sites. We have to save it. And as much as we can do, excavation is very, very easy to do it. It is, of course, difficult, but it's easy. It's a long process. But in order to, when you have to excavate, you have to protect those sites. And that's what uh, I'm trying to do. Uh, we need to go and leave some of this decision to the next generation, to the young generation, what they're going to go into.
2: So what I'm hearing from you, Omar, is is that the most important issue right now is preservation and not necessarily just going into excavation. It's preserving and maintaining. And uh, is that is that correct? Is that what your vision is, is?
3: Correct, except if there is a uh, excavation that we have to do.
2: In other words, if there's potential destruction or construction or something like that, exactly. correct? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what about the security issue? What uh, what areas of the country are more secure than others, and does that drive the nature of excavation and preservation efforts? Obviously, it's related to it. Uh, are there any areas that are particularly in the line of fire, or um, and, and how how has that affected the uh, the program of of the department?
3: Yeah, to, to be honest with you, uh, we are doing at most. To go and if it's necessary, do excavation. Uh, we will do that. Like we right now, we are uh, Ghazni is uh, uh, in, the, in 2013 is going to be the uh, Islamic so world's capital. Uh, so we are doing some efforts over there. We have preserved. Uh, we have to finish about. Uh, thirty-six uh, monuments that we have to preserve, That, but we have done almost about uh, ten of them mm, this year, and we are working on the, uh, on the future of that. I mean, so then the next year we're going to go have some other projects to do, so I'm c- quite sure that we're going to go and finish and preserve all these uh, uh, ancient monuments and shrines and those type of things in the Kazani which is uh, basically that what we are doing uh, but the most important thing that we don't have to forget is that we have to give the afghan people the awareness of their cultural heritage this is one issue that i think it is the, personally uh, i think that that if you want to unite the afghan people it is going to be through their culture because when it comes to the culture, all Afghans are Afghan. Every one of them, there is no that I'm Afghan, I'm Hamish Pashtun or Tajik or Hazara. We are all Afghan. Plus, when you bring those kids right now, we have started a small project at the National Museum of Kabul uh, in Afghanistan uh, uh, that uh, we bring kids over there, and then we just uh, gave them awareness of their culture. So, right now, there are about 300 uh, kids who are coming every day, or 300, 400, uh, with a very limited, uh, of course, uh, equipment that we have. We have only one or two buses that we, the O'Han Foundation has been giving us, and then we send that one every day to uh, schools to bring them. And then, of course, I see this uh, uh, that the young I mean, from university, everybody is coming there. They are paying more interest. And I believe that uh, this way that we can stop the looting, we have to go and build museums in the provincial areas, provincials, uh, and, and then get the cooperation of the people of Afghanistan. You can't really... Do anything by force or gun. You have to have the cooperation of the
2: Afghan people. On that, on that note, Omar, I want to come back and talk to you after we take this break, both you and Laura, about this question of unifying the people behind the archaeology and the, the the significance of heritage for bringing people together. We'll talk about that and other topics when we come back.
3: Okay.
5: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it, that's it, voiceamerica.com.
0: Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Stimulating talk
5: gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The
0: number one Internet
5: talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com.
1: Listening to Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. To be a part of our discussion today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to joseph.schuldenrein at gra Now, back to the program. Can you do-
2: Thank you very much. We're back. This is Joe Schuldenrein, and we're talking in this segment on archaeology and conflicts in particular with respect to Afghanistan. We're talking about the importance of archaeology in bringing together people and in trying to develop some kind of an ethos about heritage and how people can bring themselves together and uh, develop an identity, a national identity, founded to some degree on the preservation of their extremely rich heritage in Afghanistan. Omar, why don't you expound a little bit more on how you're seeing this manifesting itself, how you're seeing people come together around this issue of heritage preservation and the promotion of the preservation ethic generally. How are you seeing this work?
3: Uh, I believe that, uh, as I told you before, all the Afghans, they are proud of their culture and culture heritage. Uh, let me tell you one example. When I finished in uh, 1968, my high school, uh, when I finished, I didn't know that if I was Pashtun or Hazara or Tajik or another uh, 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 Source of thing, but Afghan. Uh, That is because we need to promote the culture. I know that going through culture, culture, heritage, and archaeology, and those type of thing, it's a very slow process, but it's a concrete way to unite all Afghanistan. Uh, for example, you see this uh, exhibition of Afghanistan, the last treasure that came to the United States. It went to Europe, Paris, uh, the Italy, Holland, Can- and then Canada, Germany, uh, British. When they are over there, when they see this culture heritage, they're all united. Is, that is what I think that we have to work for that. And as I told you to uh, go and build uh, provincial museums, bring the kids. Kids come over there and learn. Although the parents has a lot of influence on kids, but kids also have influence to the parents. Then the parents has uh, some friends, so they're gonna go and talk with their friends. And then if we do build this policy in provincial museums all over, I mean, to the in Afghan Afghanistan. That will work. That will unite Afghans, uh, and then, of of course, it's also stop the looting, archaeological lootings, and those type of things. So we get, by the way, by through the culture, uh, with uh, the cooperation of the people, music. We are trying to promote music, painting. Uh, 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 right now in Afghanistan, you can see. Young uh, girls and boys are coming for uh, exhibition of uh, uh, some kind of paintings, or uh, either it's traditional or contemporary. So that they get them together to exchange their ideas through art, through music, through culture. And so- I believe that's that's the way that we can build Afghanistan
2: so it's sort of our, the heritage is sort of an umbrella for breaking down all these differences between people and and sort of having them share some kind of a unity and surrounding exactly. uh, a a theme for preservation and for understanding their entire cultural heritage. Laura when you when you went there were you aware of this did you know that this was uh, uh Omar Sultan's vision and and how how were you able to sort of integrate with with his vision and and make the uh, your particular aspect of this work a uh, gel with with his program.
4: Well, before I went to Afghanistan, I I had met Omar Sultan um, once or twice in Washington and, and had the benefit in in meetings of hearing him talk about what his visions were. It really wasn't until I was in Kabul, where I could sit down for much longer periods and and really have. Much deeper conversations with Omar to understand more of his vision, and then that one of the challenges of, of my job was to to help devise ways to best support that vision um, through the channels at the, the U.S. Embassy where I was working. And Omar is, is exactly right. I, I agree completely in what he says about supporting um, awareness of of. Among Afghans of their cultural heritage and that it is a, a very unifying and stabilizing factor for, for building up a, a civil society in Afghanistan. And so it, it, to that effort, one of the programs that, that was sort of developed um, in the U.S. Embassy, not in isolation but through also the consultation of many other experts who were already working in Afghanistan, was how best could the U.S. support Afghan museums and, and the development of provincial museums. And, and through months of decisions and negotiations and conversations, it was decided the U.S. would best direct its support towards the National Museum of Afghanistan, which is sort of the mother of all museums um, for the country. It's kind of the feeder museums for the provincial, for the provincial ones. And so the U.S. Embassy developed um, a kind of a a broad plan to support the museum, not just in in the building itself, the sort of bricks and mortar of the museum, but also um, what could be done to assist the staff so that they're better enabled to um, protect the patrimony in the museum and work with the patrimony. and 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 care for it for the long term and also benefit from research of it and make it available for more Afghans to see for many generations to come so um and all of that was happening in parallel to other projects the US was supporting with with the Afghan government projects in the north in, in Balkh province for example or in Herat or in Logar other various other regions of Afghanistan so um, it was really kind of um, you know, almost a juggling act, um, but but all with the aim to to um, the, the fundamental aim was is, is to protect for the long term um, the best we can the, the monuments and sites there and and bring Afghans and, and the international community awareness of Afghanistan's heritage.
2: Uh, take me back a little bit to this uh, the design that you have, and I know that, that the museum is one of your pet projects, and I think that gels really nicely with, with uh, Omar's vision of, of developing a series of provincial museums, and you're funding uh, uh, one of these uh, very, very large museum projects, I guess a central museum. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that came about and where that stands right now?
4: Okay. Well, long... Long before I, I got to Afghanistan, there was already a big acknowledgement in, in Kabul that the National Museum, based in Kabul, um, could use assistance. And, in fact, the U.S. was in no way the first donor nation to contribute uh, to the National Museum. There was a long tradition of other countries, other international donors and individuals, contributing their time and, and large sums of money to rebuilding the National Museum after it had really been essentially destroyed um, during the Civil War and the Taliban era, so the U.S. was was definitely the new kid on the block in a sense um, in wanting to direct support to the National Museum. Um, and what the benefit was is that there was the position that I was holding in the embassy, where my sole job. Was to um, work in this effort, so I could really devote a lot of attention to how best and most responsibly um, and least arrogantly direct U.S. support for um, for the museum, and that really happened again, as I've as I've been saying, through long conversations with the the director of the National Museum, Mr. Massoudi, and Omar Sultan. And, and also within the, the American Embassy itself. So we designed um, kind of the, the genesis of the idea was let's help make the building a better structure, the museum itself. What can we do to help this this building uh, preserve the collection that it houses for the long term? So there were some sort of very practical considerations about that, having to do with plumbing and, and roofing and and drainage and, and kind of pedestrian things. And then there there was the softer aspect of it is there's a relatively young staff working in the National Museum. They're committed, um, but there are limitations to working in Kabul in terms of what resources they have and, and what access to what other international museums are doing. Um, that's not to say other efforts hadn't been made Um, um Excellent efforts were ongoing to assist the staff, but the U.S. had the benefit of of, of greater financial resources than I think most other international donors um, could contribute. So it was a way to best direct those financial resources to most benefit the staff in the museum. So we've launched, um, we're launching actually at, at present a three-year museum partnership between the National Museum of Afghanistan and a prominent um, and very reputable American institution to work together on preserving the collection and, and getting this young, dynamic staff of the National Museum um, prepared to care for the collection for the long term.
2: And where do you see it going? Where does it stand right now, and how is this project moving forward?
4: The project is just getting off the ground. The museum partnership that is 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 just now getting off the ground. Um, I'm very optimistic about it uh, for it's what it will do to protect long-term the collection in the National Museum and better enable the staff there to then help build up provincial museums around Afghanistan. Um, but I'm I'm also cautious about anything that is is undertaken there uh, in Afghanistan it we don't know what will happen there and how long this kind of work will be possible so we just keep pressing forward optimistically as best we can um, with the hopes that it will just keep going and um, and not be thwarted or stopped because it's no longer possible to work there or the security situation declines in a way that it's um, not safe to work there. So, um, where is it going? I'm very optimistic that the results and the outcome will be, um, excellent. But, um, one always has to kind of keep a realistic eye on, um, what's happening in
2: Afghanistan, too. Omar, where do you see it going? Are you optimistic about the future?
3: I am very optimistic. Uh, but we all say that if there is tomorrow, there is hope. And uh, let me tell you also this, that uh, His Excellency Dr. Rahim is always supporting all these ideas. And uh, somehow I got all these ideas and discussed with him uh, the, uh, the ideas that I had and everybody else. He's a very good supporter. And I believe that Afghan is they are going to go and find their way to uh, be united and and save the country. Uh, because otherwise, if there is no hope, uh, then why we are there? Uh, let's hope uh, that we all going to be united, uh, and I hope that you all going to help us. And I would like to thank from the bottom of my heart the people of the United States and the rest of the world that they are supporting the Afghans to find their ways
2: back to that. on that On that note, I'm afraid we're going to have to close our program. I want to express my extreme gratitude to the Honorable Omar Sultan and Dr. Laura Tedesco for uh, being our guests on this show and bringing us uh, some critical information on heritage management and what its positive impact can be in areas of conflict. Uh, the Afghanistan example, I think, is, is just a critical uh, example of where we can go when we get international powers together in a positive direction and promote heritage as a source of unity thank you so much for being part of our program and we look forward to another program next week until then uh thanks so much for listening and remember that your understanding of the past is a guide to a more promising tomorrow thank you and we'll see you next time
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. Please join us for another unique journey into the past next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. In the meantime, think about the past with an eye towards the future and a better tomorrow.